0: Hey everyone, we are so excited that you are joining us at Rockbridge this weekend. Whether you're in one of our six physical locations, whether you are joining us. Digitally, uh, Thank you so much for choosing to be with us. We believe that you are here for a reason. And my name is Zach. I'm one of the pastors on our staff. And I'm honored to bring the message here for you this weekend as we continue in our current series that we are calling Landmines, where we are talking about the obstacles in our journey of faith. And like a landmine that is in a path that can blow up, you and I can make decisions and And there are actions that we can do that can tend to blow up our circumstances, our relationships, and have an impact sometimes more than we realize. And so the goal of our current series is just to become more aware of what these things are are, how they work in us, and how we can respond differently according to the teachings of Jesus. So we've talked about pride, we've talked about selfishness, anger, laziness, uncontested thoughts, and today we're going to continue our conversation in this series by unpacking the landmine of greed. And so we're going to get under the hood of greed, and to start that journey together, the best thing for us to do is just to get a working definition so that we kind of start all from the same place as we unpack this landmine together. So let's start here. Greed, what is it? It's a selfish and excessive desire for more of something than is needed. And so immediately I self-identify with what I'm seeing right here on the screen with I have been selfish and desired something more than I've needed it. And not only have I been selfish, I've excessively, like I've, I, like I've dwelled on it, thought about it to the point to where it becomes kind of the centerpiece of my thinking, kind of the centerpiece of my life, the desire for more of blank. And I think you in this moment could identify too that there are things and there are times in our lives where we're motivated, we're inspired, we're dwelling, we're so fixated on something and more of it than necessarily we need. We've all done this. We've all been here. And so what we're going to do today is unpack this definition a little bit more using the Bible. And we're going to go into the gospel of Luke together in Luke chapter 15, where Jesus tells a story that we will see as we go through this story and unpack it and talk about the characters. Hey, there was some greed involved. There was some selfishness and excessive desire for more than what these people actually needed. And I think we'll be able to identify with the story, learn about our own greed from the story, and then walk away with some next steps and some applications that we can give to ourselves. And so to get us ready for Luke 15, I just want to set the context and kind of talk about what's going on here so that we can kind of move forward and jump in. Uh, In in Luke chapter 15, we're we're meeting Jesus in his ministry and his life. And Luke just writes about his life and these moments where he taught, these moments where he dealt with people. So this is a moment where Jesus had built up this reputation for spending time around people, with questionable reputations. He was inviting people and welcoming people that honestly were known for some of this. They had a reputation of it. And there were these religious people, these religious leaders that were like, man, like, Usually we steer clear of those type of people. There were some of that those type of people going on, right? Where, where we're pointing fingers and we're kind of creating sides and we're building barriers. And that was happening in this culture. But here comes Jesus and he starts to like tear some of these bridges down and tear some of these walls down, and he's welcoming people into his presence. He's actually eating with them, and it's causing so much of just kind of these questions and these debates that some people come up to him, some religious leaders, and they're like, man, you keep welcoming people that have this going on in their lives to the table, and you welcome them around you like, what's going on? And in response to that question, Jesus tells them a story and it's called a parable. And, and you've heard of parables and you've told parables all your life. There's these theoretical stories or these theoretical situations that we can tell to help other people learn a lesson. If you're a parent, you've done it. Especially if you have multiple kids and, and there was a fight and you brought the oldest one down and you say, listen, what if I walked into your room? and you were playing your video games, and I just cut the TV off. How would that make you feel? So that's a realistic scenario that could happen, but you're theoretically making the story up on the spot to try to help your oldest identify with, hey, your actions impact people. And I don't think you understand how your actions just impacted your younger sister. So we've done this. You've heard teachers do it, coaches do it. All your life, we've told those same type of stories to friends, and here in Luke chapter 15, Jesus is going to respond to these religious leaders who are asking him about why are you hanging around people the way that you are. We've got it generates questions in us. He responds to them with a story that we're going to look at together, involving a young son, an older son, and a father. And the more we unpack it. We're going to see greed, we're going to see our own greed, but we're also going to see Jesus and what he's like and how we can take a step towards him today. So let's jump in. Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. Here's the story that Jesus shared. And he also said, Jesus also said, a man had two sons. So we're starting with family. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that I have coming to me. So there's obviously some wealth involved. This is a blessed family and a a good enough situation that the father has enough inheritance to leave them to multiple kids. So you have the youngest son making this request. And so the father distributed the assets to them. And this, this would have been... People would have raised their eyebrow at this request because traditionally in the setting there was a way things happened. The oldest son got their inheritance first and then the younger siblings got their inheritance after that. And, and, and that's just traditionally how it worked and it usually didn't happen until the, the parent passed away. And then the oldest would take over the responsibility of the inheritance and the blessing of it. Then the younger follows. But they would all kind of be centered around keeping the family name together and representing the family. And so this request automatically to Jesus' context and the people he's talking to would be like, whoa, that's kind of hasty. That's kind of selfish. And then even more so as as Jesus unpacks the story, he says, Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. After he had spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he had nothing. And again, the hearers in this moment were like, ah, we knew that that was going to happen. Like you could just foresee it in the story. Something happened in the sun that grabbed at him, and it's what we're talking about today. The younger son got greedy. And you saw it coming, and, and traditionally, like we said, the, the people would have been like, whoa, 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 that is awful selfish. That's awful excessive. Like, like you're in a good situation. Like, like there's a process. There's a way things are done, and you're kind of stepping ahead and, and going against the grain with, with this. And it's like, hey, the younger son got greedy. And all of us could probably raise our hand and like, hey, we've done that before. Or something like that. And if we unpack greediness for a second and we kind of say hey what are some side effects of this we kind of can see this in the story already with the sun the sun got nearsighted like we said traditionally things happen in a certain order and he was stepping out of order, becoming narrow minded, kind of enthroning his feelings and just saying, you know what, I kind of want something. I kind of feel like I deserve something and I just kind of want it right now. Maybe there was some grass is greener attitude. We're like, man, if only I had that, I'd be more fulfilled. I'm watching my dad. I mean, some of us who were siblings growing up, we know what it's like to be the younger sibling, right? And sometimes you just feel like, man, I feel like I maybe have the answer. I maybe have a better way of doing it. I would maybe this is my turn to show them what I can do. So we begin to develop this kind of grass is greener attitude and even a more attitude, where it's like, man, if they just give me more, if I just had more of blank for him, it was his inheritance for you and me it could look different, and we're going to unpack that later, but we begin to see these side effects, and I think if we were honest, we could relate to some of these, and then we see something happen. We see this reality that greed can cause us to minimize our present blessings. Like we said, I mean, the setting of this story is this blessed family and these sons that have an inheritance, and it's like, Man, if you just trust the process, if you just trust tradition, if you just trust your father that he's taking care of you, that he's looking out for you, he's making decisions for your future because again, in this culture, you put family first. It's very different than our Americanized culture where we kind of maybe put ourselves first and it's very common to kind of go different ways than your parents and work in different jobs. To us, that's like normal and almost necessary. In this culture, it would Have been very different. It was a very familial centered culture where where your work, you worked within the family work. You followed tradition and you made decisions not for you but for your family. So, this entire first part of the story, like they would have seen this happen some and they would have been like, man, maybe your grease caused you to minimize what you have where you're at. And I think I could look at this and go, man greed has caused me to minimize things in my life to overlook things that i have in front of me because i get this attitude that becomes narrow minded nearsighted grass is greener i start to feel things i going to put that like i'm just start to think about them so much so excessively and it just more and more and more attitude comes up and, and i see something else happen that greed can lead us, it can lead me to want more of something. And you can put your something right now here to the point, there's the excessiveness, that we're willing to force blessings. And we see this in the sun. Something happened within him. There was just this attitude, heart shift. And it happened so much and he, it just became so excessive and so powerful that it led him, you know, I'm just going to force my hand i'm going to force my issue i want more and i want it now i can be honest with you and i think if you were honest with me if we were like sitting across the table right now sharing some coffee we could both share stories of moments where we force things we uh maybe tried to force a relationship a decision In family, at work, you ever been on a time crunch at work and you just had to make the sale, you had to get the bid in, you had to finish the project. And it's like, man, sometimes when you're just, the pressure's on and it's like, or the promise of more is there. And you kind of start thinking about the team and maybe you stop thinking about your principles and your values. And the type of person you want to be and the type of ball you just maybe can cut corners sometimes in parenting. Sometimes you can try to force your kids to listen and say something and it just comes out the wrong way. Or, or you can get them in situations when they're young that they're maybe not ready for. And maybe sometimes we put pressure on our kids and they're not ready for it. Because we get greedy and we just want to see them do more. And it's, it's for them. But maybe sometimes it's really about us and, and just things, right? We, 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 maybe we are fresh out of college and we're making more money than we ever had. And all of a sudden... When you look through and you scroll, happiness equals more, right? So the more things, if we we begin to chase things, and then the next thing you know, we find ourselves like we're so narrow-minded, we're so nearsighted in these moments, and, and we end up kind of forcing things in our lives. I think we could all identify here. The younger son definitely identified here. And he got to this place, a really tough place, And it got worse. And so let's continue in the story in Luke chapter 15. It says, Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. You got to understand the setting here, especially for a Jew who comes from a blessed family who owned fields and sent workers into the fields, for him to now kind of hit rock bottom and to become one of those workers that is sent into the field to feed pigs was just the lowest of the lowest of statuses he could have reached. He went from here Greed led him to force some things in his life. And it took him to a place he never thought he would be. And listen to how Jesus describes him in that place. He longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating. Like he was so without. He he lacked so much. So much so that he even struggled to eat. He couldn't provide for himself any more, so much so that he looked at livestock and envied them and how much they had. But no one would give him anything. And we just see greed will always take take more from you than it will give to you. I could share story after story where I got greedy and I thought that the more that I was chasing I thought that the thing that would make me happier. Like, I thought that the path I was on was the right path. And in my head, even though, you know, maybe I didn't listen and people tried to talk to me about it or t- tried to talk me away from it, no doubt the younger son, no doubt his father, or even his older brother, no doubt they said some things like, hold on now, don't you want to, like, remember, like, like, You've, you're really blessed. Like, you've got a lot. Like, just trust trust, trust Dad. Like, he's going to take care of us. But, man, we just get into this mindset. And, and we begin to say, I think I'll take things into my own hands. And then three months later, six months later, three jobs later, three relationships later, mm, we get to this place where we're like, This decision cost me more than I thought it would. I thought it was going to give me more. And it's actually taking more from me. And this is where we meet the youngest son at the lowest of the lows. And I relate to him because I've been to the lowest of lows. And maybe you relate to him right now or you relate to this right now because you know what that's like. Maybe for you or maybe you're looking at somebody around you in your sphere, in your family, at your job, in your friend group. And your heart's broken because you're looking and you're like, I tried, I tried, but I tried to tell them. I tried to talk to them. I told them that it would cost them. Maybe they didn't listen. Like like, whatever your circumstances here, I think we can see this. And so if you're here, and we all will be here at some point, just hold on because the story's not over. But we do just have to embrace this. So let's jump back in to the story, to a broken son who's lost it all and see what happens next. When he came to his senses. So something happened within him. That's how the story started. Something within him changed. Now in this rock bottom place, something in him again has changed. And he said, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food? And here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up. I'll go back to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and he went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and his father was filled with with compassion, he ran threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. And the son started into his, imagine how many times he had said that same speech over and over, just knowing that his father was just going to hound him when he got there and point his finger. And he's experiencing the exact opposite. Says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be your son. But the father told his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his finger and sandal on his feet, and then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it, and let's celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and they began and is found, so they began to celebrate. Think about, as we unpack this moment, there was a shift in the son's attitude. And we see this shift in two different ways. Notice that the first thing he says is, I have sinned against heaven. Something happened in him, and he realized that, that this moment, this scenario, this circumstance where greed had got a hold of him. It wasn't just about him and his father and him and his brother. It was bigger than that, that he had sinned against heaven. In other words, he had sinned against God First, that God had placed him where he was at in his life and blessed him, and blessed that family, and there was a process. that that all of those blessings were from God and and, and the way that things were going to work out in his life with his inheritance like God was over all that like God all that came from God and God promised to be faithful to those who were faithful his father had been faithful and there was a reward of blessings for his children and his his children and after the eldest son and and God was blessing him and he ignored that and and took things into his own hands so now there's this shift and his, his eyes are open my goodness God I I have sinned against you and that's a great place to start and that's the invitation today what if today maybe for some of us it's starting here right now and saying first off God wants us to focus on him and our relationship with him because all greed is a sin Against our father in heaven. But then two we see at the start of the story. The younger son is going hey give me my. Give me my share of the estate. And now he's saying I'm not worthy. Something had happened to his greed. It had been broken. And God had used these circumstances to break it. Some of us may have as we were reading through the story. Like why would the father allow that? And sometimes our circumstances And facing the consequences of our circumstances are the only things that can really break the hold that greed has in our hearts. we got to go through things. The son had to go through things, but there was a purpose behind it. Because it created a shift in the son's attitude where he could take his eyes off of himself and what he wanted. And that that attitude of more and and that attitude of grass is greener, his circumstances broke. broke that down. And for some of us, that's the first step. We've got to see that the way we've been living, the way we've been doing things is not the way. we've got to come back to God or come to God for the first time. And that's what we see in the father's response. That all of the father's actions, this this feeling compassion instead of judgment, bringing his son in, running to him, like that would have culturally been looked down upon. Like a wealthy man would not run and let himself... Like it was all about having self-control and keeping that status and that reputation amongst your peers. Remember that's how this whole story, this whole chapter starts out. Jesus' reputation is in question. And so for the father to just like all of a sudden let his emotions get the best of him and run towards his son and take his ring and put his robe on him and put sandals on his feet like that like that display is displaying the heart of God for sinners who are willing to repent and that's what we're seeing happen in the son that greed's being broken down and he's realizing I've sinned against God I'm not worthy father please forgive me that's such a beautiful example of repentance for us Even if our lives, like the younger son, have been blown up by greed. Seeing the father respond to the son is what God wants us to see. He wants us to see his heart in the story. And I just feel like right here we got to pause and say, hey, we're all longing for home. And right now we're not talking about physical home. We're talking about a spiritual home. We're talking about all of our hearts long. We know we're here for a reason. You know that you're here for a purpose. You were made with an identity. You were made for more than what we've maybe settled in. And sometimes greed just gets the best of us. But we know even in those rock bottom lowest of low places where it's cost us so much. Even in those places and sometimes Only in those places, something awakens within us, and we're like, God, this is not home. Like, I was made for more than this. You were. You were made. By God in heaven who made you in his image to have a relationship with him. But sin messes that up and leads us and tempts us to force things and to take things in our own control and leave home, leave this place with our God in heaven. But he's inviting us back. Hear the invitation. Here it is from Jesus today through this story. Come home. Those of us who like the younger son have... Walk down a path that we never thought we would. That's what enthroning your feelings will do. That more attitude will take you there. I've been there. Come home. You try to force a relationship, or force intimacy, or force a job, and you get to a place. Come home. Maybe for the first time, you've been longing for that purpose and that meaning. You know you're here for a reason. And you are. Come. Two. Jesus, he's inviting you now to believe in him, to receive a new identity, to be forgiven of your greed, forgiven of your sins, and to follow him. He is home. His presence is home. And he's inviting you in to be a part of his family, to receive a new identity, just like the father put that ring and that robe. Jesus wants to put the ring and the robe of forgiveness and call you his son and his daughter, give you a new identity, just like this son who was dead and is now alive you can come to life or you can come back to him even if you've thrown it all away he's inviting you back to receive forgiveness life in him just like the father welcomed the younger son and don't miss this minor detail in this interaction where the father put shoes back on his freshly surrendered son's feet those shoes represented purpose, right? And, and the status he had gotten to, the slaves that worked in the fields, they didn't wear shoes. And so when he came home barefoot, that's him saying, Father, I've lost all of my purpose. I've lost all of my status and my identity. And the father's like, no, you haven't. You've messed it up, but I've brought you back. I forgive you. You're still my son. You still represent this family. You still represent what what I've given you. My favor is still here for you. Some of you need to hear today. There's still favor for you. There's still purpose for you. Come back. This is the heart that God wants our His church to have. That we, like the Father, would run to situations in the world. We would run into our communities taking this incredible gospel of Jesus, this gospel of mercy and hope into the world to share. And that's why here at the end of July, July 28th through August the 2nd, we are having Serve the City. This is a local mission trip where for this week, we are going to be planning in all six of our locations and all six communities. We're going to be planning hope projects. We are going out into the community to share this hope that Jesus shares with us. To go with compassion like the father welcomed his son with. And to share this good news that hey at a laundromat, at a food drop. As you help out with maybe a local sports team. As you go to a nursing home. As you feed those who are hungry and in need, there's hope. And we're here with a message of hope. That's the heart of Serve the City. And you can go online right now and look up your location, the different projects, and you can sign up. We are ready. We're planning and we're excited to, like the Father, run into our communities with this message and this gospel of hope. We hope you hear that today and receive that today. But the story's not over. Let's jump back in. Because this son of mine was dead and is alive again, he was lost and found. So they began to celebrate. But now his older brother's son, now the older son was in the field. And as he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he summoned one of the servants, questioning them about what all these things meant. And your, your brother is here, he told him. And your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he uh, has him back safe and sound. Well, then the, the older brother became angry. And he didn't want to go in. So his father came and he pleaded with him. But he replied to his father, look, I've been slaving many years for you, and I have never disobeyed your orders, that you never gave me a goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your assets with prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf. That's the most important prized uh, calf sacrificial offering. It's like, hey, you've given him the best. What have you given me? And the father replies, son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours, but we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and he is found. And this is something the older brother's reaction is just something we kind of have to wrestle with and think about and process and accept that the youngest son's actions had a ripple effect on the whole family. That it just wasn't about the end of something. And it impacted the family. And so we can say this about the older brother. The older brother had not left the farm. But as we unpack his reaction. And almost the pride. He had his own greed in his heart. Because of what he had experienced in this situation. That had hardened his heart. That had caused him to be a little narrow minded. And overlooked the blessings he had. The older brother had not left the farm, but the older brother had left closeness with his father. Some of the same things that happened in the younger brother because of his actions had also happened in the older brother, just in a different way, in a more prideful way. Notice how he said, I've always obeyed you. It's like, really? Like, you've never disobeyed your father, not one time? Don't you think you've become a little narrow-minded? Right? Like, we could start to say, hey, some of their reactions relate, but we also have to see that the younger brother's actions had a consequence on those around him. We have to see that greed can keep us from experiencing what God is doing around us. The older brother's greed, kind of selfishness, pride, hurt, which was kind of the consequences of someone else's actions, but they allowed that to in turn cause them to respond Maybe in the wrong way and hard in their hearts, this incredible moment of, of forgiveness and salvation, the older brother was missing out on it, and we can get there too. We can look at what's happening with others. We can walk into church services or in a small group and just be hurt and bitter because we allow things to kind of dominate our mind and we become so focused on them and we just want more and more and more that we start to kind of miss what God's doing around us and experiencing in it. This can happen to us as followers of Jesus. So we have to be careful and be aware of how greed impacts us and how our actions impact others. So Here's what I want to do as we've made it through this story. I just want to give you a couple of handlebars Thoughts to think about as you process this story together and next steps to think about. Number one, those who are faithful with a little, God will trust with more. If you're in that place... And you feel you're wrestling with greed or is this greed or is it not? Or you're, maybe your relationship status or your job status or, or the things you have, the amount of money you have, the amount of money you make, the decision you're trying to make and you're, you're trying to be patient, but it's hard. And so just know that those who are faithful with little, God will trust with more. So just pause. Be faithful where you are. Don't try to force things. Trust that God has a process. The youngest son should have trusted the process and the timing that God had put in place over him, but he didn't, and it cost him. Don't be hasty. Don't move too quick. Just be faithful where you are with what you have and trust God with the more that you're desiring, because sometimes the more we desire is not bad. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. But we can trust God's heart and trust his timing. Now, thinking about How our actions affect others, be patient with the people who have experienced the consequences of your actions. You can't put a timetable on people's healing and people's forgiveness. And you gotta understand maybe you're their younger brother and you're looking at you're like the old looking at the older brother, like, come on, man, the father forgave me. Why can't you? And like, hey, we're all sinners, we're all wrestling with greed, and you just you gotta be patient. Because maybe the consequences of your actions are big. And sometimes life gets messy and relationships get messy and families get messy. And what you did at your job when you cut that corner, like it just gets messy. What you said, what you posted on your story gets messy. And so you just may have to be patient with the people around you who have experienced the consequences of your actions. And I'll leave you with this. When you sense a greedy attitude, when you see it, Remind yourself of what God has brought you through. What God is doing in you. And the more God has for you. He promises to be faithful over you, to watch over you. He's with you when you sense it, when you become more aware of it. And I hope this message has helped you identify it in your life, become how it see how it may be impacting you, and now recognizing it, laying it down like the sun did. There's a switch going on inside of you. And now you're focused on the new purpose that God has for you, the promises that he's made over you. To be faithful where you are and to trust him with your more and the more is more of him and more of his presence and his blessing in your life let's pray together father thank you so much for this story God we love you we praise you just want to give you a few moments right now just to lead us and speak to us and draw something out from the message and from this moment that you may want us to think about more Thank you for the gospel. Thank you that your grace is more powerful than my greed. Thank you for the lessons and the way you've done something inside of me in my lowest of lows. And thank you that you've welcomed us back and given us an invitation today to repent, to come back to you, and to follow you in your ways. So Lord, continue to lead us As we respond to you, Jesus. It's in your incredible name that we pray. Amen.